Hey there, Amanda Smith here, and welcome inside another edition of How She Did It. I am so happy to have you with me today, so make sure you subscribe. That way you can always come back. So today's guest is a six-time Emmy winner. She is a host and reporter for the Los Angeles Dodgers on Sportsnet LA. And in addition, she is the founder and president of Guidry's Guardian Foundation, an organization that financially supports individuals and other organizations who support fostering and adopting over buying from breeders and pet stores. I am so excited for you to learn more about her. Here is Alana Rizzo. Hey there, Amanda Smith here with Alana Rizzo. I am so excited to chat with you today. So thank you for making time to be on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's nice to finally uh, meet you face to face, I guess. <laughs> I know. It's like modern day Instagram DMs are the way to go. But this is <laughs> this is ideal. Yeah, a little bit more personal. <laughs> Definitely. So back when you graduated from college, you took a job working in sales and decided this isn't really what I want to be doing. To have had that sort of steadiness and stability, what motivated you to take a chance working in broadcast? You know, I was uh, very disenchanted with what I was doing. My undergrad was in international business, and I was working in sales and marketing um, in the beverage industry for Pepsi-Cola and then in the hospitality industry for several different um, hotel hotel chains. And I was just very, I was bored, honestly. So I just kind of had an epiphany um, in between Christmas and New Year's of 2001. And I said, if there was anything I could do, what would it be? And I've always been very much a sports fan um, as a, as a participant when I was much younger and then as a spectator my entire adult life. And I just thought if I could do something in the sports world, it would be something that did not feel like a job. So I kind of just went back to school, took a second mortgage out on my house to go back to school and completely started over. When I got my master's in journalism, I didn't even know what a beat was at the time. I didn't know what a crime beat was or the, you know, the town beat or the education beat or whatever. I had no idea. So it was a huge learning curve, but it was incredibly rewarding to be able to do something that I was really passionate about. So kind of took a risk, went back to school and started at the bottom. As you started sort of navigating through this business, what drew you to baseball? You know, actually, baseball wasn't something I was drawn to. It kind of came to me. And I actually was born and raised in Colorado, and we didn't have Major League Baseball until 1993 when the Colorado Rockies came to town. So we had professional baseball, but we didn't have Major League Baseball. And the Rockies came to town in 93. I was a senior in high school, so I'm certainly dating myself there. But I do remember distinctly my accounting teacher let us watch the first ever Rockies game uh, in Major League in their history of the team. And I remember that moment distinctly because it was at the old Mile High Stadium where the Broncos used to play because Coors Field wasn't even built yet. Coors Field didn't open until 95. And I remember him stopping the class, allowing us to watch that historic moment. But I didn't think much of it because I really wasn't a huge baseball fan. And then, you know, wanting to get back to Colorado, which is where I'm from, the Rockies job kind of presented itself. And I didn't know anything about baseball, really, when I got the job. I didn't know what a sinker ball pitcher was at the time. Aaron Cook was the Rockies ace, and he's a sinker baller. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> but I, I learned, and I was able to get the job. That was my third job in television, going back to Denver and uh, working for the Colorado Rockies. And I ended up covering them for five seasons. And now 
since that time, baseball really has been what I've done exclusively. Five years with the Rockies, and I was at MLB Network for two seasons, and then I've been with the Dodgers now. Um, I'm about to start my seventh year. So to think I've been with the Rockies less time than I've been with the Dodgers, it's been pretty incredible. When you go back to that moment where you decided, okay, this is what I want to try to do. I want to work in sports. Did you imagine that your career would elevate to the level it's at? You know, I always thought that I would do something special. I always had a lot of faith and confidence in myself that I would be able to do something at the highest level because that's just the amount of pressure that I've put on myself. You know, I never knew where my career was going to end up. I mean, I think all of us, when we start in this business, particularly those that want to be on air, you're thinking, you know, I want to be at the time, the benchmark was ESPN. You know, it's like, I want to be on ESPN. I want to anchor sports center. I want to, you know, be on Monday night football, that type of situation. Those are the the big jobs you think you see yourself in. And, you know, I don't think no disrespect to what ESPN is doing anymore, but it's not, in my opinion, the same appointment television that it used to be when ESPN was the only game in town. And, you know, I think that I'm, I'm very pleased with where I'm at. I don't know, you know, if this is, you know, the end all be all I, I, I'm, but I'm, I also think the older you get, the priorities change. And I think balance is incredibly important. You know, when you're younger and it's go, 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 and you're trying to climb that ladder and, and be bigger, faster, stronger, more money, that type of thing you forget to realize that you have to have balance in your life. And I think the only thing that can teach you that is time, experience, perspective, and age. Um, So, you know, I'm thrilled to have the job I have now, but I never would have said, okay, I'm going to be the, you know, the sideline reporter and host for the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, I just, you, you never really know what's going to come up in your career. Where have you found that balance in your life? Um, Now I think, again, it comes with age and it comes with the realization that you can't, you know, work 25 hours a day. Although ironically, um, I launched a foundation on the 4th of July called Guidry's Guardian Foundation. We can talk more about that whenever you want to, but um, that has become a second full-time job. So the balance of uh, wanting to save dogs has really kind of been overwhelming and taken over my life. It's a good thing. It's a rewarding thing. Um, But I think the balance comes from continuing to reset your priorities, you know, what's important. Um, You know, I just had this conversation yesterday with a a person that's in in our industry, not necessarily on air, but, you know, at what point does quality of life matter more than money? At what point does being happy with where you are and really enjoying what you're doing supersede wanting to make more money or go someplace else or try to, to climb that ladder. And I think for everybody, it's different for me. It's just come with age. And, you know, I've done this for a really long time. I've been in, you know, television now for 15 years. So it's, it's been something that has just come over the course of time and experience and doing things. You mentioned your foundation. So cool. Gidry's Guardian Foundation. I'm going to put some more information about it below, but for you, what was the motivation behind starting it? You know, it's been something that's been on my mind for a really long time. I adopted my dog, Gidry, who the foundation is named after, um, in 2009. We adopted him when he was four months old at the time. And he came from a a, a terrible situation in Kansas. We ended up adopting him from the Humane Society of Boulder Valley because I was living in Boulder, uh, or I was living in Colorado at the time. I went to school in Boulder. And um, I never grew up with dogs. I wasn't a dog person, per se. Um, But Gidry changed my life. Having him changed my life. And seeing the amount of dogs that need homes and that are in dire situations broke my heart. And I live in Los Angeles, one of the biggest cities in the country. And seeing the amount of stray dogs here 
the amount of dogs in high kill shelters, the amount of dogs that get dumped as a senior dog because their family either doesn't have the means to financially help them with their medical needs or they just don't have the compassion and the heart to do so um, is heartbreaking. So Gidry's Guardian Foundation is the financial backing to help dogs get out of high kill shelters. We are the financial support to be able to get dogs healthy that are um, on the basically what's called the kill list for no other reason than A, they're underweight or B, the shelter is overcrowded. There's a lot of these dogs that there's actually nothing wrong with them, but there's just no space. So we try to help people, encourage people to foster and adopt and Gidry's Guardian Foundation will pay the adoption fee, will pay the first medical visit, We'll pay, if it's a foster, we'll pay for your supplies to get, to give the dog a chance. And some of the success stories we've had have been incredible. And it's incredibly rewarding to see dogs that have been literally run over and cast aside on the street thrive in their new adoptive homes. Or a dog, I, I always come back to this dog in particular. Her name is Jane. And she was a dog that we found in Mexico, Mutt Scouts. Um, I must give them credit as well. I work with a lot of different rescue foundations. So I'm more of the financial backing. They're more of the rescue that actually goes and gets the dog and has a place for them to stay um jane had fireworks placed in her mouth and they had her mouth taped shut and then they decided to light the fireworks in her mouth and blew off half of her jaw so mud scouts went to get her in mexico and gidry's guardian foundation raised some money certainly not all the money i'm not trying to take credit for all of it but some of the money and awareness to be able to get her some of the medical needs that that she had and to see her thriving now um, and about to, you know, hopefully get adopted soon. She's to the point now where she can be adopted after a lot of surgeries and a lot of tender loving care. Um, that's why I do it. And Gidry, who actually passed away in July of this year, um, was the whole reason for the foundation to begin with. Because once I adopted him, it was a game changer for me. Where do you hope to see this organization go? Honestly, I hope it ends up being something that's national. I would love to see it be something that's, you know, as big and, and successful as, you know, bestfriends.org or ARF, which is Tony LaRusso's amazing foundation, the Animal, Animal Rescue um, Fund, you know, that type of stuff. Right now, I, I live in L.A. L.A. is my community, and I, I it's easy for me to help here because I am here and my network is here. But, you know, I'm from Colorado. I want to help people in Colorado. I, I want to. Eventually, I want it to be nationwide. And, you know, I'm the only staff member. Uh, it's just me. And we are 100% donation based. So the more donors we get, the more dogs I can save. It's I don't have corporate sponsorships yet. You know, I don't have government funding yet. Um, but it's something that I'm passionate about. I'm as passionate about this now as I was about getting into sports 15 years ago. And I think that's kind of where the balance comes. I think your life changes over the course of time and your priorities change. And I love my job with the Dodgers so, so much, and I'm so lucky to have it. It's a great organization, and I, you know, I hope I'm there for 100 years. But this gives me something else to focus on, which has been um, incredibly rewarding. You know, I always put out a post for whoever the guest is on the show, giving people the chance to ask them questions. And you got a lot of questions this week, but there were also just a lot of responses from people saying that they appreciate the work, not just that you do with the Dodgers, but with your foundation, that you've inspired them, that you've given them hope. What do you feel knowing that a part of your story has influenced maybe people you've never even met? 
I think it's great. I think, you know, we have a responsibility and I'm sure you can relate to this too with what you do. We have a responsibility with the platforms that we have to make a positive impact in our community. And while I'm not born and raised in Los Angeles, this is my community. And this is the, this is the city I love. And this is the baseball team that I cover and the baseball team that I love. And, you know, full disclosure, I work for the Dodgers. Yes, I'm biased. I want the Dodgers to win. I'm not an impartial reporter. We have to be, um, you know, we have to be respected and we have to have our credibility, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't want the Dodgers to win. It makes my life easier. It makes, you know, it's just a lot more fun. So I think we as honor talent, media, journalists, whatever category you want to put us under, I think we have a responsibility to the community to do something impactful and positive and leave the community better than which we found it in. And I think that, you know, when I have little girls dressing up for me as Halloween, that's incredible to see that there's a little girl, especially a, a, a young little Latin girl. My mom's Cuban, my dad's Italian, you know, a young Hispanic girl, which the Dodger fan base is primarily Hispanic. Um, Los Angeles has a huge Hispanic population. So to see a little girl that looks like me, you know, much younger dressing up like me, that's, that's a cool thing. And you have to remember that they think they know you. You may not know them, but you are making an impact. And if I can make an impact, you know, showing people that women can do this job just as well as men can, uh, that women know the game just as well as men can, and that, you know, we can have other things going on in our lives that are impactful, whether it's a foundation or, you know, if, if you're really into fitness or whatever it is that inspires you or that you're passionate about, to be able to do that in, in a positive way while still having a full-time job and, and doing all these other things. I think it's our responsibility and to be able to use a platform I can never do Gidry's Guardian Foundation the way that I do it if I didn't have the Dodgers job. There's just no way because the majority of people that have fostered or adopted dogs and certainly the majority of donors are all Dodger fans. So if I don't have that platform, Gidry's Guardian is not nearly as successful as it is. And I know that and I'm not, you know, dumb, you know, to think that it isn't. So they go hand in hand and um, hopefully I'm making an impact and hopefully, you know, young people can see that, you know, you can you can do it all kind of crazy how life works where you have that job you were able to do something else you're passionate about it all kind of pinball effects yeah yeah it really is it's fun to be able to see you know I, I had this vision for a long time I wanted to do this foundation for a long time and it was overwhelming it was daunting I put it off for a long time because during the baseball season I don't have time to do anything but finally <laughs> I got to the point where you know I said I have to do it because I have to I don't know how long I'm going to have this job I hope they keep me forever but I'm also realistic that your your shelf life on television, especially as a woman, unfortunately, you know, the window continues to close the older that you get. And, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to do this, but I said, I better hurry up because there's a lot of need here. There's always way more supply than the demand as far as dogs that need homes versus the people that will help. And, you know, I got to do it sooner or else I'm going to miss my opportunity. So it's been been a huge learning curve. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have any ounce of <laughs> background. Every day I'm learning something new, but it's been it's been awesome to be able to see what, you know, we've created in a, in a very short amount of time. I think it's absolutely amazing. And coming up, we are going to combine your love of baseball with your love of dogs in a fun little game I created, Don't Go Anywhere. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Still here with Alana Rizzo. And so we are going to combine baseball and dogs. So I have listed a few dog breeds with their characteristic traits. Oh, wow. Okay. And you will give me something or someone in the world of baseball. 
that you would feel fits those characteristics. Oh, this is great. Very creative. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, very, very I creative. You know, when you're own, your own producer, you do whatever you want. Listen, I think it's wonderful. Good for you. <laughs> okay. First, per- so. first person that's done this. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So for a terrier, we have brave, determined, and courageous. Brave, determined, and courageous. I would liken that a terrier to Rich Hill. Reason being is Rich Hill has had such an unbelievable off-the-field life in which he's had to overcome some massive, massive hurdles. And he has been stronger and more brave and more courageous than anyone I've, I've known in the game. Uh, he, he and his wife, Caitlin, lost an infant son, and they have created Field of Genes Foundation um, to help raise money and awareness for uh, rare diseases. This is a guy that also was out of Major League Baseball for a time in which he was pitching in the Independent League and American Legion games just to try to get back on a mound. He was pitching for, I want to say, the Long Island Ducks. Um, you have to fact check me on that. Uh, this is a guy that reinvented himself and kind of bounced around the league and ended up getting, at the time, he's a free agent now, but at the time getting a, a three-year, $48 million deal from the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, you know, three years ago after being out of the game for a time. So I would have to say, and he is like the most intense human being on the mound and the nicest human being off the mound. So I'm going to say Rich Hill is my my vote for Terrier. Okay. I love it. This is fun. This is working out. <laughs> okay. For our friendly little Labrador... A high energy pup. Yeah, that this is easy. Okay. This is easy. Let's Labrador go. is Kike Hernandez. Enrique Kike Hernandez. Kike is an absolute lab because his attention span is zero. He's <laughs> one of the most unbelievable defensive players I've ever seen. And Labradors are incredibly good retrievers. So where the ball is, the lab will find it. Where the ball is, Kike will find it. Otherwise, he's a spaz, and labs oftentimes are spazzes. They're very food-motivated. They're very, you know, fetch-motivated, but they are kind. They are gentle. They are funny. Kike is kind, gentle, funny, sometimes a spaz, but an unbelievable retriever of the ball. Okay, this is so fun. I think I'm having more fun maybe than a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a poodle. Intelligent, loyal, instinctual kind of standoffish right poodles are a little bit a little standoffish, bit a little bit standoffish so intelligent loyal what was the third characteristic but instinctual oh instinctual um whew, i'm gonna say kershaw and the reason okay. i say clayton is because he's very instinctual when it comes to the game of baseball um he's a guy that is incredibly intelligent when it comes to the game as well. But this is a guy that, you know what? I'm changing. I'm changing it. I'm going to change it from plot twist. Kershaw, plot twist to Walker Bueller. Okay. Um, again, very intelligent, very instinctual with the game. But there's something about Walker, like, and his his own teammates will. And I would tell this to Walker in front of his face. His own teammates. There's an arrogance about Walker that he backs it up with the stuff. Do not get me wrong. I mean, next year he's the ace of the staff. Um, he backs it up, but he will let you know if he doesn't like something. And he's a little 
he's a little standoffish sometimes if if he doesn't doesn't like you or you don't fit in and i kind of feel like poodles are that way that they are kind of they're kind of looking you up and down a little bit and i, I kind of feel like walker is very selective like poodles are very selective so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with walker total poodle vibes <laughs> i've been looked up and down by some poodles once i'm like okay i'll go brush my hair gosh yeah i'd say walker okay husky a mm. natural worker quick light on its feet Okay, natural worker, quick, light on its feet. I'd have to say Cody Bellinger. Um, Cody, obviously, gold glove winner in right field, is somebody that is like a Husky, absolutely must be worked, um, or else he gets into stuff. Cody is the legitimate definition of a five-tool player, but he needs to be doing something constantly. And I think that's kind of a Husky, a Husky mode. Um, Huskies cannot be contained. They will jump over fences. Cody jumps over fences. <laughs> um, he robs home runs. He hits home runs. Um, he's an all around athlete and Huskies need a job. They, you know, they put literally, they put the team on their back in sleds. Cody put the team on his back this year and he better get the MVP on November 14th because there's nobody else in the national league that deserves it more than belly. Okay. Last one. This is so fun. I'm so sad. The game is coming to an end. <laughs> a little pug, happy, loyal, fun, smart. Oh man. Happy, loyal, fun, and smart. All of these descriptions straight off of Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and Doug the Pug. Uh, let's see. Happy, loyal, fun, and smart. Man. I'm always, of course, I'm just thinking of our my team, but Happy, loyal, fun, and smart. Okay, I have a different guy. Um, okay. Gerardo Parra. Gerardo Parra, baby shark, Washington Nationals. Um, a huge, huge team favorite. Um, Gerardo Parra, of the one person I've ever heard of all of the 30 teams that is the most beloved teammate, he's up there. Um, when he was with the Rockies, when he was with the Diamondbacks, with the Nationals, with you know the Giants for that short amount of time when he was released, or DFA'd, um, same thing. I'd say people love to be around him. I mean, you have an entire stadium singing the dumbest song in the world with Baby Shark because of him, and he didn't hardly play at all in the World Series. He's just a guy that people love to be around. He is uh, hes funny. He is just an all-around good teammate, somebody that you want to have around, kind of like Doug the Pug. You want Doug the Pug around. He's just he's lovable. And who doesn't like Doug the Pug? Who doesn't like Gerardo Parra? So I'm going to go with Parra. I love it. Thank you for being such a good sport in our yeah, baseball game. and dogs game. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's a good game. Okay, everyone, don't go anywhere. Up next, Alana is answering a few of your questions. Stick around. Welcome back inside How She Did It. Still here with Alana Rizzo. She hasn't left yet. And now she's answering some of your questions. I just want to first thank everyone. There were a ton of questions this week. Unfortunately, I won't be able to ask all of them, but I do want to thank you all for submitting them. So to start... Feeding the monkey, which I love this part because I get to <laughs> slightly judge everyone's username. Uh, what stings worse, champagne shower or beer shower? Oh goodness! I mean, that's a that's a tie. 
that's the push. Okay. Uh, you know, and everybody asks why don't I don't wear the goggles? Well, first of all, I, this is not my first rodeo. I've covered, <laughs> you know, six celebrations with the Dodgers. I've covered celebrations with the Rockies. I covered celebrations with MLB Network. So I have a little bit of a decent idea of what to do when you go into a visiting or a celebratory clubhouse. So that being said, goggles do not work. They fog up, especially if you have goggles that have a tint on them. You cannot see what you are doing. And as Clayton Kershaw likes to say, you never know when you're going to be able to do it again, so you have to feel the burn. But champagne and beer, I was told, you're supposed to drink the beer and spray the champagne. Now, I personally would do the reverse. But the team said, drink the beer, spray the champagne, they both sting. We've got the inside knowledge now. Goggles fogged. It all makes sense. And don't wear anything that has a hood. Because what the players will do is they will take your hood, they will dump a bunch of alcohol in the hood, and then put it on your head. These are all things you need to learn, folks. It sounds like you've been there once or twice. Been there there a few times. Been there a few times. (laughs) Okay, a few different people had this question for you, so I want to give them all a shout out. Uh, But they would like to know, what are you doing during the off-season? Um, well, I apologize to all of our listeners and viewers because this is how I look during the offseason. Oh, my um, God. And she I looks tried, amazing. No, 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 no. I try to do um, as much as I possibly can with the foundation because it's really the only time of year I have to do anything, uh, whether that's network, try to raise more donations, actually put on events where people can come and I can I can raise donations, uh, meet more rescues, those types of things. So the foundation, first and foremost, is at the top of my list. I still do a lot of Dodger-related things. For example, yesterday I hosted a show, two different shows, our normal Access Sportsnet Dodgers show, as well as our records recap show that will air several times until January, kind of just recapping the amazing regular season that the Dodgers had. I will do postseason awards coming up uh, next week, so we'll talk about the Cy Young Award in the National League, Ken Jin Ryu, a finalist for that, the MVP, Cody Bellinger, a finalist for that, so we'll do shows regarding that. I'm actually going to Arizona to interview Cody, uh, regardless of if he wins it or not, so I'll be in Arizona on the 14th. I finally take a vacation. I'm going on vacation, and then we have winter meetings in December, and then most of January, I'm doing stuff with the Dodgers as well, hosting shows, community events, fan fest, uh, the draft picks will be at Dodger Stadium working out, those types of things. So it's a lot of foundation, family, friends, and I still do a, you know, a fair amount of Dodger stuff. It's just not every day like the regular season. I love it. Where are you going on vacation? Maui. We're a big Whoa. Yeah, we're big oh. Maui. Like it's like it's just easy. We're like super dialed in. It's not that far from LA. Like we know the hotel, the food, the we're I'm we're big food snobs and wine snobs and we, it's just easy. And I love it and this is my third year going. So yeah, Maui. I just imagine if I were to go to Maui and step off step off the plane, you know, in the movies where they just like hand you a drink with that in a coconut and you're like <laughs> with that's what I imagine it would be like. Yeah. Well they don't do that, but they do give you the I know, but it's in my brain. The... <laughs> well, I like your I like your idea better. They should actually do that. That's a good idea. Okay, I'll talk to them. I'll talk to your your flight attendant. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Supple leather says in no particular order. I know, right? The usernames. What are your top three moments in broadcasting? I've been doing this a long time. That's tough. I have to say, I've been incredibly fortunate to witness seven no-hitters in person. There's some people that have never seen I know, and I've seen seven. And um, 
Yeah, that's been amazing to be able. I have to say Clayton's was up there just because of the way that he did it. You know, 15 strikeouts, almost a perfect game had it not been for the error uh, on Hanley Ramirez at third base on that game. But Clayton's was cool. Uh, Josh Beckett's a month before that was pretty cool because Josh Beckett had thoracic outlet, you know, surgery. And all of a sudden he's throwing a no hitter. I mean, he kind of like reinvented himself, too. And just to be able to see no hitters in person, I've never seen a perfect game. But to see a no hitter in person was pretty incredible. You know, just this is a very, I'm using a very broad stroke here as far as that's concerned, but just the amount of people that I've been able to meet and come across and interview and, you know, the Sandy Koufaxes of the world, the Don Newcombs of the world, the Tommy Lasordas, the Ernie Banks, the, you know, Willie McCoveys of the world, you know, just amazing. And then, you know, modern day players too, that have been incredibly, uh, impactful in this game and future hall of famers and just working alongside, you know, when I was at MLB network, the John Smoltz's of the world and Bob Costas's and, you know, those types of things. And all of the incredible women I've met in this business, we have a, a really amazing sorority of, of sideline sisters. And, you know, we're all on this group, you know, several of us are all on this group thread and, you know, we talk about the, the challenges of our, of our jobs and, and the funny things too, and the idiotic things that we hear. And, you know, all of our jobs are so similar and we all have, a really good perspective so just the people the places I mean I've been able to travel the world I've gone to you know Mexico with the Dodgers I've been to Australia with the Dodgers so just the opportunities that this team and this job and this industry have afforded me um you know and of course the celebrations and covering two world series you know my first year with the Rockies they went to the world series but I literally started two weeks before they went so I didn't get to go um, but, you know, being with the Dodgers and always covering a perennial power is, is incredible. And I know fans are upset that they didn't win at all. But I, you also have to have some perspective of the amount that they've won over the course of, you know, the last 10 years. And, you know, just being able to, to cover these amazing athletes and not to mention, you know, the celebrities that come in and out of the stadium all the time. You know, I'm a huge country music fan. And Brad Paisley is a huge Dodgers fan. Toby Keith and Jake Owen and, you know. Brett Young and all these people. And it's just like every day for us, you know, we're lucky we're spoiled in LA. It's 80 degrees every day. And, you know, celebrities are all around. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a, when you're in it, you don't realize how cool it is, but when you're done, you kind of take a step back and you're like, man, I've done, I've done some pretty, pretty incredible things with a pretty incredible organization. I mean, I got to work alongside Vince Scully. Not many people, you know, get to say that. And he's as amazing as a human being as he appears to be, you know, so it's been, it's been great, for sure. Is there a celebrity that if you met them, you'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I used to think that. And actually, for me at the time, it's not anymore. But for me at the time, it was well, Oprah, who I still have never met, and Michelle Obama, who I've never met. But I did get to meet Jennifer Lopez, and I almost had a heart attack. Because just, I just love everything about her. You know, she's, she's self-made. She's one of the hardest working people in the world. She's incredibly gorgeous. I mean, she's 50 years old and she looks like she's 25. Um, she's just a very inspirational person. And I did finally get to meet her. And then like, I had that moment and now I'm over it. You know, like when you're around yeah. these people all the time, it's like, okay, they're just people, you know, they, they put their pants on the same way you and I do. They're just more expensive pants. You know, it's just <laughs> like, you kind of just, you get kind of desensitized to it. But, you know, it, I got to take a picture with her and that was super cool. But if I could have like a dinner party and I could sit down and have like five people I'd really want at this oh, dinner like party this. that were like equally as engaged in what I had to say as I was with what they had to say, Oprah would be there for sure. Michelle Obama would be there for sure. My mom for sure. 
you know, and, you know, you, you kind of think about like who just strong women in your life and, and people that have kind of paved the way or have always, always been there for you. And, you know, my grandfather passed, my grandfather on my mom's side passed away before I got my job in baseball. And he was born in Cuba and was a huge Cuban baseball fan. And, you know, I think he'd be really proud of what I'm doing today. So there's been so many, I'm very long winded and that's no, a really, not at long, all. really long answer to a short question, but, um, yeah, JLo was, JLo was cool. And of course I looked homeless next to her and I was like, ma of all days to see this woman, you know, it's like my hair <laughs> why does was it always so happen? Just like, why do I look like this today? But I mean, you could like be at your best and you'd still look homeless <laughs> next to her. So it's like, yeah, forget it. It doesn't matter. Well, if you ever have this dinner party, I will gladly be your guys like server. My background is in serving. So like, I will not drop any of those plates. I swear. Okay. Or you can just be at the table. I still have, I have like, a I know I like, did that... I want to invite myself? I was yeah, like, let me yourself. just toss you this. Should just, you should just play the uh, dog game with everybody at the table and see what they would say. Huh. Okay, great. Uh, done. I'll create a list of like 40, 40 different dogs and their characteristics. <laughs> okay. MLB Larry. MLB big fan. Uh, says after your time at MLB network, what drew you back to field reporting? That's a good question. MLB Larry. Um, I think I just missed being a part of the game and I missed being a part of the action. And honestly, it sounds a little silly, but like smelling the ballpark when the grounds crew was like getting it ready. One of my favorite, as much as I hate getting up early, one of my favorite things in the world is once you're at the park for a day game and the grounds crew is just getting the stadium ready. And you're watching the stadium wake up. The crowd's not in. The, you know, the fans aren't in yet. The players are not taking BP because it's a day game. It's just like you kind of see the, the park wake up and you smell the grass. And, like, there's something, too, about spring training. Like, being at spring training, the first time the guys come out of their first meeting, that you know, when the full squad reports or pitchers and catchers or whatever, and you hear their cleats on the concrete, there's just something special about that sound. And... While I loved being at MLB Network and I really like exercised those studio muscles that were awesome and you learn how to do everything ad lib off the cuff. You don't have a prompter. You don't have scripts. You don't have a crutch. You better know it or you're going to get exposed. That was awesome. And MLB Network taught me so much and the production crew and the research staff second to none there. But I missed being a part of the day to day. And I felt like I wasn't being utilized as much as I wanted to be at MLB Network. I was a little bit bored. Um, and with the Dodgers, I do so much. And it's like you're with them from the day pitchers and catchers report until the day that, you know, their season ends, whenever that is. Game seven of the World Series, game five of the DS, whatever it is. And, you know, it, I just missed it. I miss being a part of something. And there's good and bad in both. I love being a reporter. I love being a host. But they're two very different skill sets. Our last question comes from Samantha Cassano. There were a few different questions like this, but I chose this one because I think it, it gives – you a chance to just explain. She says, I'm an aspiring MLB field reporter about to graduate. What are some steps I can take to stand out as an applicant? I think the biggest thing is you have to be knowledgeable of the sport. Not only do you have to be knowledgeable of the sport, but you have to be willing to do anything. Uh, you know, a lot of people have come up to me. I, I get 10 of these questions a day. Right. And a lot of people will come up to me in person and say, hey, you know, I really want to do what you do, but I don't want to leave LA. Well, no kidding. I didn't want to leave Denver. You know, you can't expect to be on air in the number two market in the country if you've never done anything before. I mean, there's, there's a certain value, a lot of value, and I'm very old school, you know, um, 
there's a lot of value in paying your dues. And if you're not willing to pay your dues and you're not willing to move and you're not willing to make no money and you're not willing to carry a very heavy camera and edit all of your own stuff and do what you're doing. I mean, you're enterprising something here. There's a lot of people that aren't willing to even do what you're doing. And it's like, yes, of course you want to start in New York and LA. And I've worked in both of those markets, but my first market was Wichita Falls, Texas, where I was for nine months. I did, I was an MMJ before MMJ was a thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like this backpack journalist where you literally, like, I remember covering a high school state golf tournament where I have a camera that weighs as much as I did at the time, a tripod, no golf cart. You're trying to shoot a golf tournament, walk around the court. It's like, you know, and it's difficult, but it's important. And if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, I was making 15,800 a year in my first job in Wichita Falls, Texas. This was in 2004. This was not in, you know, 1920. I was below the poverty line and I literally had to choose between eating and putting gas in my car to get to work. Those are the types of things that you have to be willing to do in order to make a statement, make a name for yourself, pay your dues, make mistakes. Because when you're in those small markets, people are so much more forgiving when you make a mistake. Versus, for example, I was in Wichita Falls, Texas. We didn't have a major league team. They were in Texas. They were in uh, Dallas, obviously. The Houston Astros were in Houston, the Texas Rangers in Dallas. I made a mistake on the way that I said Mark Teixeira's name. I had never seen Mark Teixeira before, you know? So I made a huge mistake. I can do that in Wichita Falls, Texas. I can't do that in Los Angeles. NASCAR's huge in Wichita Falls, Texas, in these small towns, right? I said Casey Caney instead of Casey Kane. Those types of things, will people will crucify you in big markets, but you have to pay your dues. And if you're not willing to, don't even bother. Honestly, like, don't. Don't even bother getting into this industry because it's such a dog eat dog type of place. And it's a place where people will get exposed quickly and will weed you out. So do your homework, be prepared, ask questions, be willing to do the work, be professional, get into it for the right reasons. If you want to get into it because you want to date a baseball player, there's other ways to date baseball players. Don't get this. Do you want to be famous or do you want to be a journalist? There's a difference and you need to decide what it is that you want to do. And that is a word. Amen. Preach. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt very like soapboxy there. Sorry about that. No, not at all. It but all I makes complete sense. I do get that question sense. a thousand times a day. And it's like, you, you have to work for it. You have to want yeah. it. You have to be willing to make sacrifice. I didn't just wake up one day and become the Los Angeles Dodgers sideline reporter. Like I've been doing this for a long time. Well, you are an absolutely amazing woman. And it's really been a treat to get to know you and your story a little bit better today. Thank you for the work that you do for the animals. I love watching the work you do with the Dodgers. And hopefully we'll just see more of you on our uh, TVs come next season. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today for How She Did It. For Alana Rizzo, I am Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time.